Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 187. And today we're looking at the question, who is Jesus? Who is this Jesus? And it's a great question because it's a question that Jesus asks his students. That was the question. Who do people say I am? And then it gets a little bit more personal. After he asks the question, who do, what are people saying about me? Uh, then he gets a little bit more personal. And then he says, what about you? What do you think? Who do you, who do you think I am? So that's what we're going to be looking at today, that one line in Matthew's gospel. You know, it, this reminds me a little bit of C.S. Lewis. You know, C.S. Lewis was the writer of the author of Narnia fame. But actually, C.S. Lewis was a significant uh, writer about Christianity. I mean, he's known for all these Narnia books because they were made into movies and everything. But actually, C.S. Lewis was quite the theologian. And uh, he said, one of the things, this is his little quips, uh, Lewis said, Jesus Christ has to be one of three things. He's either a lunatic a liar, or actually Lord as he claimed to be. Now, that's kind of old archaic language, but it's like he's saying, when you ask the question, who is Jesus? Jesus has to be one of three things. He's either a, a lunatic because of what he claimed, a liar because of what he claimed, or he actually is the face of God walking about on the earth. <laughs> so, there's no, for Lewis, there's no middle road. He's not like, oh, he was a really good person or he was a great teacher or he was a wisdom teacher or he was a prophet. Lewis is saying, no, 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 he's not. We got to get this right. This is the absolute foundation of our lives. He's either God in a body walking around showing us how to live and be or he's not. But the choice isn't, you know, he's not just a wise man or a good teacher or a great spiritual leader. No, no, Lewis is saying. No, he's, he's either the whole thing or he's nothing. And that's the rock that the church is built on. The idea that this is the one who holds everything together. Not just the church, not just the church that you see because we all know that can be a total mess. But we're talking about Church Universal as in, oh, millennium, millennium of, of, of people looking to God for strength and receiving it, right? So today we're looking at this passage where Jesus asks his students, ask Peter really, what are people saying about him? And he's not primarily interested in local gossip when he says that to Peter. It's kind of a setup for a lesson, as, as they always are, right? They're always life lessons. And what he really wants to, to talk about is far more personal, because what he wants to really know is, Peter, what, who do you say I am? But, but before he gets to that part, he says, what are folks saying? What are folks saying? And Peter says, well, you know, there's lots of opinions out there about you. Some people think you're like, I don't know, John the Baptist and Elijah, these great prophets. Some people think they're just a great prophet. And they're impressed. 
some people think you're, you know, a healer. Um, so even in Jesus' day, there were all sorts of ideas about who, who this rabbi was, who this healer was. And how we answer that question today, 2,000 years later, um, it, it very much affects the way that we live. Because how we answer that question shows us a lot about ourselves. And it shows us how we make decisions and uh, how we're corrected or not corrected, <laughs> right? Or um, how we deal with fear and uncertainty and insecurity, all of that, all of these, all the stuff of being human, right? All the joy and the pain and the excitement and the loneliness and the longing and the achieving and the creating. I mean, it's exhausting being human, right? So how we answer that question, you know, what about this Jesus? Who is he? What does he mean to you? Is a really really important question. It's a good thing to think about. And, you know, and when Jesus asked him that, actually, he didn't just ask Peter that. He was asking all the disciples that same question. What, what do you think? Who do you say I am? What, I, what, do you, what do I mean to you? That's kind of what he's saying to them. What do, I, what do I actually mean to you? What difference do I make in your life? It reminded me a little bit about... Um, you know when you're in a relationship with someone and you sometimes reach a point where you think, you know, how important is this relationship? Are we, are we going to be in this for the long haul? Um, what, what, what do I mean to you? How, how important am I to you? And of course, it might all be unspoken. It's not like you necessarily would say these things out loud. I mean, you might if it's your life partner, right? Of course you would. But I'm just talking about relationships in general. Sometimes you just think to yourself, well, you know, I wonder what I mean to this person or am I important to them? Or um, you're sort of reevaluating the relationship, where it's going. Um, I think in some, at some level, Jesus is asking the question to challenge Peter and all the others to take a stance in some way. It's like, what do I mean to you? Who am I to you? So back to the text, the people, so Jesus uh, says, okay, so what are people saying? And Peter says, well, some of them think that you're a great prophet. And then he gets very personal with them and he says, well, what about you? Peter, what, what do I mean to you? And Peter has this interesting answer. He says, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You're the Christ. You're the anointed one. You're the one we've been waiting for. Now, we don't use this language so much, you know, you're the son of the living God, you're the Christ, because we're not waiting for the anointed one or anything else. But again, this reminded me of Lewis, you know, it's like the choice is, who is he? Is he a lunatic, liar, or is he the living son of God, the face of God 
walking around on the earth. Is that who he is? Is he actually the face of God? Nobody's seen God, right? We don't know what God's like. Is that who Jesus is? And Peter said, yeah, that's who, that's who you are. You're, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus answers Peter with saying, you're right. You're absolutely right. And this is what will hold everything together, including you, Peter. This truth, this reality, this bottom line, this is the rock. This is the solid truth. You look to me as your foundation, your security, your rock in life, and you're in the right path, and you're going in the right direction. Now, Peter being Peter, like many of us, have a capacity to say one thing and to say the right thing, but resist doing the right thing. Because, and I, you know, this is so, this is so human. Because shortly after he had this, Peter had this conversation with Jesus. They get into an argument. He gets into an argument with Jesus because he doesn't like the way that Jesus is leading. And he doesn't like the, the choices that Jesus has, has made. He doesn't like the way his life is going. So this is, the, this is really a picture of the human struggle. Peter has just said, you know what? Jesus, you're the living son of God. You are the one that holds everything together. You are the face of God to me. And I am putting my trust in you. And Jesus says, good, because that rock, everything is built on that rock, including your life, Peter. Everything is built. There's your foundation. You learn how to trust me and we're going to be okay. You're going to be okay and I'll be with you throughout your entire life. And, and at this point, G, Peter's saying, yes, that's it. Now, as soon as his life, as soon as Peter gets into trouble, he starts to question that whole premise of Jesus being the rock. He questions everything. As soon as he thinks that things are getting a little bit shaky and that Jesus is planning on going to Jerusalem and there's going to be some trouble there, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't think that we should do it that way. That's his first reaction. Jesus says, we're going to go to Jerusalem. There's going to be some suffering, but you need to trust me in this. We're going to be okay. Ultimately, we're going to be okay. Peter's immediately like, no, 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 no. We can't do that. We can't do that. So no sooner has he said, Jesus, you're the rock and I trust you. But as soon as things go wrong, he's saying, oh no, I don't want to do that. I can't, I can't trust you in that. As soon as Jesus gives them a heads up that they need to leave, they need to travel to Jerusalem, there's, it's not going to be easy, Peter starts to resist. This is the human dilemma, really. 
I mean, we're, we're, this is the way it is with us. We're constantly in this flux of God is my rock, God is my security. I know I can get through this time because God is with me. And then, oh, no, 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 no. That's not a good idea. I got to figure this out myself. I got to figure out another way. And we forget about the rock. It's kind of a struggle, but this is the way, this is what it is. This is the way it is to be human. It's just fascinating that that Peter can be so right one minute and so wrong the next. Do you, have you ever felt that yourself? Some weeks you think, you know what? I think I'm on track here. I, I think I'm getting it. I think, I think I'm learning. I think I'm growing. I think I'm beginning to grow up. And, and then the next week, you're at an all-time low. And you're just it feels like everything's falling apart. And it feels like you, there is no rock, right? Because the world's so crazy and your life's so crazy and there's no rock. So this is Peter, right? It's easy for him to say, Jesus, yes, you're the son of God. You're the face of God. I'll follow you to the end. Uh, a lot easier to say it than actually do it. But here's the amazing thing about Peter. And not, not everyone has this. He has capacity to be corrected. This is his saving grace, really. Peter's the type of man who can be corrected. When, when Jesus points out to him when he's off track, he listens. When, actually, when Jesus, Jesus did do this, by the way, he pointed out to him that he wasn't really following at all. He was following his own fear. And it was way off track. Peter was told by Jesus when he started to resist the plan, when he started to you know, be overwhelmed by fear, Jesus was very clear with them and said, you're not following me at all. This is not what following looks like. When you are absolutely overwhelmed by fear and frantic, uh, that is not what trust looks like. So you need to get back in line and start to trust again. And he did. He did. And this is a big part of living as a follower of Christ, is listening to correction. You know, I've said this many times, but the thing about being a Christian is, is that you're not doing this life alone. There's many different ways to live in, in, in this world, right? And but the, But the whole idea of knowing Christ or following Christ is that you have someone, and it is personal, although obviously we can't see God, uh, by your side with you, in you, around you, before you, behind you. I mean, it's 
this, what we call the spirit of God. There's many different ways to talk about it, but having the Jesus figure gives God a face. And, it do, and having a face makes a difference because that presence is more known. I've always had some trouble with this idea of, you know, the universe. People talk about the universe gave me this and the universe did that and whatever else. And I know it's a way of referencing the divine, and I get that. But to, for me, that's not very personal. The divine isn't that personal. Uh, I don't know much about that. It doesn't tell me much about that life force. The life force, again, it's not very personal. Um, but Jesus, that's very personal to me because we have so many accounts of how Jesus interacted with people. And that's what shows me what God is like. And that's what gives me some, some hope. And that's what helps me trust. So I think the whole idea of Jesus and following Jesus is so vital. And a big part of living as a follower is listening to this correction and being open to it being sensitive when we get off track. And there's many different ways that this can come to your attention. Sometimes you'll just get a sense that I'm not thinking about this in the right way or I'm not approaching this problem in the right way or I'm not behaving in the best way. This behavior is not healing to me or anyone else around me. And uh, I think that's important, paying attention and becoming more aware of what is leading us. So when Peter, for example, he, when, when he's led by fear, he basically resists following Jesus' lead. Because you can't, we can't be led by fear and Christ at the same time because they're two opposite forces, right? We can't be led by criticism and judgment. If that is directing our lives and our conversation and our thoughts, then that's what's directing us. And if that's what's directing us, then we are not being directed by Christ, it's the wrong energy, right? It's the wrong energy. So when the, when the disciples, when the students begin to follow Jesus, they, they begin to see what truly leads them. And this is what happens to us too. When we have a desire to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, when we have a desire to follow the Christ, something far greater and bigger, this is the one who holds all things together, right? In him we live and move and have our being. This is the one that holds the stars in place, right? It's a little bit bigger than Jesus of Nazareth who was on the earth for three years. This is the one who <laughs> lives forever. No beginning, no end. Um, when we begin to follow this one, 
we begin to become more sensitive to what is giving us a sense of direction in our lives. And, you know, it can be alarming to begin to have insight into yourself. It's alarming to see some of the things that direct us because nobody really wants to be known for being directed by intolerance and anger and frustration and sadness, right? I mean, we, we would prefer to be led by compassion and kindness and joy and generosity. And it's not that we're not, but we can also see tendencies within us of a, not such a helpful nature. How's that a way of, how's that a way of saying it? So when we're following Christ, when we're following the Christ, the son of the living God, as, as Peter says, this one is, is leading us beyond our fears. Will we have fear? Yes, of course. We will be led beyond our fears, beyond our weaknesses. Will we have weaknesses? Absolutely, yes. In fact, maybe... The closer you get to God, the more aware you are of your frailty. Maybe the more healing we get, uh, the more we realize how broken we are, if that makes any sense. So when we follow Christ, we are being led, we're being pushed beyond our fears. We're being pushed beyond our weaknesses. Yes, there's another way to live, he's saying. Uh, No, you will not be defeated by your weakness. And we see this in Peter because he did have this, this willingness to change direction. When he saw that he was way off track, he could get back in line. That's why St. Paul was another one, said, when when I'm weak, I'm strong. Because he had this capacity to see his weakness, not deny it, but see it, but then, and take it into account, and then choose another path. So important, you know, that we return to the rock, the right kind of security. You know, we don't want to be personality-driven. We really don't. And here's the reason why. There are parts of our personality that are so good and helpful. And they're survival for us, aren't they? I mean, this is how we've survived in life. We We all have parts of our personality that are unique and strong and great, but boy, we have other parts that are just so unhelpful and um, cause us a lot of suffering and cause other people a lot of suffering. And when we are driven by these unhelpful parts of our personality, uh, it's good uh, that we see that so that we can remind ourselves that that's not who we are and that is not what we're called to follow. But we're called to get back to the foundation 
to get back to the rock, to remember that our security is in Jesus, the rock, the Christ, the son of the living God. This is the one who ultimately saves us, saves us from ourselves, right? Who do we need saved from? Much of the time, we need saved from ourselves. And Jesus has given us away. Yeah. That's why, you know, it's so, so necessary, so, so important to, to remind ourselves, you know, in Christ, I have everything I need. I am forgiven. I belong. I have purpose. I am a child of God. Yeah, that's, there's the, that's the affirmation. That's the affirmation. It's the prayer. It's the heart cry. Yeah, when we're following Christ, there's the prayer and heart cry. Help us to remember you are our rock. Thank you for joining me. Join with me again next week for another episode.